This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, episode number 282. Today I have Sid Kosatsky on the show. He is the CEO and founder of Host Often a property management company in Halifax, Canada. And Sid's already been on the show twice. This is his first time, but he keeps coming up with new and cool ideas. So I have to always ask him back to come on the show and share what he is doing. So Sid, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks Jasper. It's good to be back. How's life there in uh, in Canada? Good, good. It's uh, at beginning of June and Halifax has not warmed up yet for summer. We're having a lot of a lot of rain. It doesn't feel like summer is coming yet, but starting to pick up. Busy season's coming anyway. What What do you do in the winter when it's too cold, when people don't come? Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. So it's pretty seasonal, but there's a eight months of the year where where there's students. So anywhere that has a university is pretty good where you can just rent to students from September till the end of May. And most students have to pay for a full year lease, even if they don't need it, even if they're only in town during the semester. So you can actually charge a premium and have long-term tenants in September to beginning of May. And I like to keep my places running on Airbnb as much as possible. So if, if they're really good enough and they're unique, keep them running and only make about you know half as much or a quarter in the slow season. But that just means we really have to make a lot in the peak season to balance it out. Understood. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a very creative way that you have developed to make even more out of the spaces, you just mentioned it, uh, because it's seasonal, you really have to make the most of your units uh, in the summer. And uh, you found a way for local artists and creatives to use your spaces when they're not rented out to guests or even in between back-to-back booking, in between the checkout and the check-in time, which is, uh, which is pretty amazing. So we're going to talk all about that. How did you come up with this idea? I don't think it was even intentional, really. Just with business, I'm always kind of looking for ways that I can work with new people. And so just with a lot of networking, going to events, I I just meet so many creative people in Halifax, a lot of artists, photographers, freelancers. I was thinking of ways we can work together. And, you know, really, you only need your one good photographer. But it seems like everyone's just trying to do something, you know, really cool and unique when you ask them. So I started offering to people, like, what could you do if you use my space? For me, it feels good to be able to give someone somewhere where they can be creative and express themselves and create something they wouldn't normally. And from that, what I get is ideally some really cool content. Um, So just started off kind of just having people making friends who come in the spaces and record a podcast or put on a small event or during the slow season, like we said, when there's not as many guests coming. So there's a lot of availability. But yeah, and then it started as I started growing and now have you know 50 properties. We have people reaching out all the time who want to pay to rent a space for photography. And this will resonate with a lot of the listeners who 
don't really want to do that because you make money by renting the space for the night. If someone rents it for three hours or four hours, you still have to block it off at night. So trying to figure out a way that I could actually get photographers and creatives into the spaces between guests so that I never have to block it off. They can get it for the few hours that they want. And yeah, it's just an extra use for the space, which is what's really cool. But how do you still have enough time to clean? That's a good question. So it's, that's, I mean, that was the biggest hurdle. And for me, what kind of held me back from really making this happen for so long is I was coordinating with all of the photographers. Anyone who wanted to use the space, I was kind of checking what's available, making sure it's going to be clean in time, getting them there. I meet them there. I make sure that, you know, they clean in time, they leave. And, and that's not really sustainable because with my business, I have several full-time people that handle all the bookings and guest reservations and schedule the cleaners and inspect the properties. So how it works is we have a set of rules that the photographers have to follow to use our spaces. And they're aware that they have to be out by a specific time and that they have to cut the space perfectly clean, which means they have to take photographs and share them with us beforehand. So we know if anything's out of place or we have to inspect. So we'll coordinate with the cleaner. So let's say guest checks out at 10, cleaner starts at 10.30. They should be done cleaning at one. But if they have multiple cleans, that might not be the case. So what we do is we make sure that they specifically start this unit first and are done by one. The creative then gets the code for the unit around that time. We don't want to give it early because we don't want them accidentally showing up on the previous guests. They come, they do shoots, and it seems to be a lot of boudoir photo shoots people want to use the spaces for. And then, yeah, we say they got to be out by 3.30. But oftentimes we'll check with the guests and see, you know, if their flight lines at 10 p.m., that's great. We can give the space out for longer. And it's a big trust thing. So the way this has really been growing is because we've been offering these spaces for free. It's not costing us really much besides, you know, the extra administrative time. So because they're getting for free, they're really respectful. And we make it clear that if there are ever issues, if something's left dirtier or a guest complained, we won't be able to invite them back. And we definitely won't be able to keep doing this kind of thing for free. So yeah, because of that, it's really been growing really well. Uh, I don't think this is possible for every Airbnb host to do, but if you have the time to either inspect yourself or can trust people in the spaces to be cleaned up in time, then it's no problem. We've had piles of people coming in the spaces and everyone's always been out on time. Very minor messes people have made you know they've used the sink or left some garbage in the garbage can and we just had to kind of change our rules on our protocol realizing most people won't think about this kind of thing so that's why they have checklists and have to take pictures and follow a process especially if they want the space for free so you mean on the checklist you'll list things like uh, make sure the sink is empty make sure there's no garbage in the in the garbage can and stuff like that yeah exactly everything they have to check and then they also have to take photos of a lot of stuff and we really aren't charging yet. So we're kind of figuring out a model where they can give us maybe a security deposit, you know, for a free space. And if they don't send us any pictures at all, they will be deducted $50 because we have to send someone to inspect. We can't trust it's being done. And, you know, if it does need to be recleaned, then they would have to pay a cleaning fee. So for people getting a space for free, it's a pretty big incentive to just take care of it and keep getting a free space. You know, as I would think from the perspective of an Airbnb host, I would be worried that they do make a mess and the guests show up and now you don't have enough time to clean and now you're stuck with, you know, with a bad guest experience. Like it sounds like to me, it sounds like there's a solid amount of risk involved. You know, how do you manage that risk? 
Yeah, it, it was really a, a long process to get here and to get this trust. So, you know, from maybe about a year and a half ago, I was kind of trying to collaborate with a lot of creatives and having them in the spaces when I'm there and just seeing a lot of value to that. And yeah, from wanting to get people in more and more, we just had to kind of give it a chance and really trust it. Yeah. And so a lot of it has actually ended up being just relationship building. So whether it's me or actually have someone on my team who does a lot of this stuff, she'll just talk to them and and we kind of you know, we have a good relationship. We make friends with these photographers. And that's a huge part of it I can talk about later is just the community that it builds. And so, you know, they don't want to let us down. And I just kind of felt, yeah, I'm just giving you a free space to use. A lot of times you're giving me good free content from it. There's that benefit to me. But once I really started scaling it and we have so many people reaching out, it's really amazing how appreciative they are. And they feel like, they're getting such a huge favor. So we have over 30 spaces that we allow people to use for these processes. And some are themed units. They're all very unique. And for people in the photography community, they have trouble finding new spaces and Airbnb hosts won't rent hourly. uh, And it's often too expensive to rent for the night if you just need to do two or three hour shoots. So yeah, I didn't even realize how much of a service this was going to be for people until we started doing it. So there's a lot of trust there. If it was going to scale bigger and be something that was offered around for hundreds of hosts, there would have to be all kinds of different systems in place. And realistically, you'd probably just need to charge a cleaning fee and send a cleaner in afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I love how you're able to make more efficient use of the space and also how you're able to, like you said, offer such big favors and support the local art community, local creative community in Halifax this way. I think that's amazing. I can totally see the value for the people that use your spaces. What's the value for you exactly? For me, I'm a creative person. And when I started getting into business, the big kind of reason that I I love doing anything business related is that I always get to be creative. But I don't really get to create specific types of art anymore besides designing spaces. So big value for me is really just being able to get to work with creative people. I've always said a huge strength in my business is other people's imaginations. I have so many amazing people I get to work with and they touch the company and they make exciting new things happen. So with this process, it's hit or miss. We have a lot of people coming in that really aren't giving us any value and some people that are slowing things down for us, but it's kind of trial and error part of the process. What we do expect, and I say expect because we really don't make any requirements. We want people to have full creative freedom in the space and don't want to ask them to do specific things for us because if that's not really something that they're inspired to do or they're specialized to do, we don't really get a lot out of it. So what I've learned is real estate photography is best for real estate photographers. So most of the photographers who come in our spaces, they offer to take real estate photography for us. And oftentimes we let people take a couple shots if they'd like to, but we never use them. Nine out of 10 professional photographers, I find, don't give me any photos that I would want to use because we have one or two real estate photographers that we work with that provide stunning photos and they've trained specifically to make this feeling come out of their photos. So real estate photography is so important. And yeah, if you have the right photographer, if they're charging you 300 versus someone who charges 100, you make that back in a week. It's, it's really amazing what someone can do. So yeah, we let people do what they want. And what we 
kind of expect and would like them to do is share all of their photos with us. And typically people do. So we, we have a huge Google Drive folder with everyone's shoots. Every now and then people don't, which is kind of odd. And sometimes it's because it's getting submitted to a magazine or if they're doing private shoots with people, we don't really need those anyway. We're doing to do with them. So when I started the business and it was kind of create a website and I was trying to buy photos from people and use stock photos and iPhone photos. Now we just have thousands of obviously listing photos, but all kinds of lifestyle and creative and bourgeois photos from people who've been in our spaces. Next thing we expect them to do, and this should just be a given, but we do have to remind people is just tag us in your photo. So everything's on Instagram. I know people do some stuff on Facebook still. I see them tagging, but I don't know what other business owners are doing, but we're, we're not really trying to get any business from Facebook. So Instagram is kind of where people are right now. And all of the photographers their makeup artists, uh, lighting, and of course the models who oftentimes have a few thousand followers are tagging host often. Often it's just a emoji of a house with host often tagged or they just tag the photo. But sometimes they actually do include us in a nice write-up and talk about our space and some people even plug it. And you know, if you have a small influencer in there with 10, 20,000 followers, they're often charging people 50, 100. I mean, larger influencers are charging thousands of dollars to kind of advertise your business on their page. So we're getting this for free. And so if you go to our Instagram, we're tagged in hundreds of photos. They're mostly people in their underwear because that's what people are doing in our spaces. But it's cool. Now, anytime I'm out in the community, I run into a friend or even just someone new in the creative community and I tell them what I do, they like, oh, we see you everywhere. Because pretty much no matter where you are, creative community only reaches so far. People really know each other. All these photographers and models all work together. And so they're all kind of spreading that. And more than, yeah, the photos or the tags is really the community it builds and us being able to be a part of that. So people sharing us. And these people typically aren't our clients. There's a lot of young people who are know, in school or just pursuing modeling or photography careers. So they aren't homeowners yet. They don't have properties for us, but they are spreading it. And most people just still don't even know that there's such a thing as a professional Airbnb management company. So having now hundreds of people who are somewhat our brand ambassadors, whenever they hear someone has a property, they're thinking of doing Airbnb, they they immediately think of us. They think of me. They think of whoever they've worked with in our spaces and they mention us. And that's our main goal really with the business is the more clients we get, the more we can grow. But we want to do also really right by our clients. So we like to have an extra value offering and be able to attract guests better than just using Airbnb and booking.com and better than other management companies are. So we also find that through this and through Instagram, we're getting all kinds of guests who are reaching out and saying, oh, I'm visiting my family in Halifax. They follow me on Instagram. They say they love it. And they've always wanted to stay in one of your spaces. They don't need to because they live here. Or even all kinds of people who are from Halifax or just away from downtown or an hour away. And they just want a downtown vacation. And they've seen people having fun in our properties. And yeah, the photographers and models and you know everyone has people come visit. We're very touristy destination. So they just spread the word about us. And it feels really good that people want to do that. So yeah, by not really asking or taking anything, just kind of hinting that they should tag us. Yeah, that's really enough for people to kind of want to become brand ambassadors on their own. And for a long time, I, I tried to create a brand ambassador program where people would be kind of trained and have all the information they needed to go out and help us find new clients. Yeah, it was, it was almost a job and people weren't so open to it. 
But now all of our clients and guests and people who have kind of been staying in our spaces and know about us are just doing it anyway for free. So now we just, yeah, we just support that and kind of help encourage people that are already doing it. I'm just looking at your Instagram right now and your tech host often has been used in 337 posts. And a lot of these posts uh, are getting uh, a lot of likes. I see posts of 100, 200, 300, 400 likes. And so there's definitely, I can definitely see how you can get some, uh, some traction with that. Also, your Instagram, you almost have 4,000 followers for host often. So that's, uh, that's quite uh, significant as well. So I've noticed you have a special page actually on your website at hostoffen.com. Uh, you have a special page for these collaborations where you can explain how it works. You have a, a video up there. You have some uh, examples of people that be using your spaces, but testimonials up, up there as well. So I guess you're making it really easy for people to apply and to connect. Yeah. Web design, just kind of figuring out as I go. It's, it's kind of been a fun way to grow the business. Really, it um, started with me just organically getting clients and I only created a web page just for proof of existence of the business. But as I started playing around with, you know, web builders, just drag and drop stuff and kind of making it better and better, one day started to get clients that were coming because of the website. And, you know, I just had a lot of fun through the slow season building the website um, because we're ranked high on Google. We have clients coming all the time and say, yeah, we just chose you because it's the best website. And then we respond to them right away, give them a house site visit. And every client who reaches out, we seem to get just because of that really simple funnel. So yeah, I also learned like creating specific web pages for the stuff you want to talk about prevents you from having to say it a hundred times. And I can just drop a link to something that explains it so beautifully and clearly, you know, people might not be finding that page on their own, but that really works. So yeah, host often is my business because it, it was a free domain name. And then I created Collab Often. It turns out a lot of the offens are free. So collaboften.com just links right back to Host Often. And yeah, that was a lot of fun because that page is for me to showcase a lot of artists who are already in the spaces. You know, at the time, I hadn't even really started scaling it. It was just when I wanted to make it a thing. And I just reached out to a dozen photographers I know. And they're like, yeah, we've all been in your spaces and used them. And it's been a lot of fun. And they wrote these great write-ups and sent me pictures. And so it's just so easy to just drop those onto a web page. Yeah. And so just with that page, it's, you know, it makes it something that is more accessible to people and could kind of keep growing. It's the page is very ambiguous. It doesn't really say what exactly is the offer. It's just supposed to inspire people that, you know, you can create within our spaces and we should be kind of collaborating together. So it's a good way to kind of take a look at what it is for anyone that doesn't know what the model is. You know, if anyone has feedback after, let me know if it's unclear on that page. Yeah, I think it's very well designed. I mean, like you said, your whole website is uh, is very nicely designed. I encourage everybody to check it out. It's very clean and very kind of modern. It's it's kind of interesting, though. You know how websites over time change, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint why a website looks appealing. But I feel like what looks appealing now is different than what looked appealing like ten years ago or something. And I think your your website is definitely going with that trend. It's more like, you know, kind of less is more, you know, you're not putting an overload of information on there, the way that the sort of the buttons are designed and it's uh, the colors and everything just looks, um, yeah, it looks very clean. So yeah, thanks, really Jasper. Good, I, uh, 
from doing business, you realize that you have so many other little businesses you can start from it. I feel like I've thought, you know, after learning how to do this and being able to create my own website, I should start doing that for other people. It's actually a lot of fun. So yeah, anyone just use a, a website builder and you can kind of just kind of figure it out as you go. But something like this, even my website that I just changed everything over the winter because it looked so dated. I don't even know if it looked dated when I created it a year and a half ago, but man, did it ever. And so I just kind of redid it just using, you know, like templates and stuff that's out there. And I look at websites all day. So my personal preference, but yeah, a year or two from now, I don't think you'll be able to say that in your show unless I edit it again. It's a, it's a style that's definitely going to keep changing and you need to yeah, keep up on that kind of thing. But really flattering. I've, I've talked to a lot of different property managers and hosts from your show, especially when I was just starting out people in the same kind of position as me and we connected and there's actually at least three different websites I've found that copy and pasted for my website. Some of them use like identical pricing structures and different things and a lot of wording. But yeah, some of them just copied my whole section and pasted it in a paragraph on theirs. And I'm really flattered. But uh, yeah, a lot of it comes down to the formatting too. You still have to make it look clean and, and, and design well. By the way, what, what's a retro B&B? Oh yeah. I was surprised that .com was free. So I had a lot of fun with a friend who does design work within my company. And she actually is kind of running the collab off in part. So a really creative person. She kind of connects with the photographers before they come into the system and get booked. So her and I set up a themed unit. That's definitely worth checking out. So I created a web page for it. I really felt like, you know, this is something that's going to become its own thing. There's not many, if any, themed units, nothing special in the area. So we wanted to create like a, a really cool, unique themed unit, something we're proud of that stands out. And yeah, for people who are ever looking up themed units um, or looking for something specific, just having its own website and working on the SEO for that is going to help build traffic. And it was amazing. When we first launched that, um, so spent a couple of weeks setting it up just kept it blocked on the Airbnb calendar for the first 10 days. Every day I was just kind of posting in some Facebook groups. It only took a couple days, but then just through the community, it was offered to everyone as a free space. I wanted, you know, three, four, five shoots in there a day. Ended up getting a couple a day for sure. But uh, yeah, the first week of it being set up, we just had piles and piles and haven't got a chance to create its own Instagram page for it yet. But we have yeah dozens of model shoots in the spaces and it's a really unique space. It's, it's kind of like a retro 80s, video game kind of space. It has, you know, towers of monitor TVs and just really funky old stuff. It already was set up as just a, a luxury unit. And the cost of redesigning it ended up being no more than setting up any other unit because we just were able to do so much thrifting. You know, when you're looking for specific old stuff, um, you'd be surprised how little value that is to most people. So yeah, we're able to do it pretty easily. Yeah. It looks really cool with all the old TVs and, uh, some old game uh, computers on there as well. Uh, it actually reminds me, and uh, if you've been following me, you might know that I actually cycled from Paris to Monaco last week. So it was a thousand kilometers, 600 miles in six days, um, which was uh, an incredible experience. Um, we were raising money for prostate cancer, but it was an amazing experience. But also one of the things that happened was we kind of randomly stopped in this little village in the middle of nowhere in France. And as we walked to place to, to get like some food, uh, somebody walked into a store and just yelled out, oh my God, they have like the old original Game Boy. And it turned out it was a kind of a retro store. And so uh, one of my co-writers, he bought this Game Boy for, I, I don't know, it wasn't very much, like uh, 49 euros, I think he paid for it. 
but um, just kind of reminds me uh, when I look at that uh, photo of you uh, in, uh, on Retro B&B. We really did pick the right theme. I, I didn't know at first, but it speaks to so many people. It's just that nostalgia of all this 80s and 90s stuff, having you know, a Sega, Atari, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and all this kind of stuff just brings back memories for people, which is really cool. Yeah, and so it gives us, yeah, a little extra edge. It was a passion project, just want to be creative, but also a little marketing boost. But really what's ended up happening, we're pricing it about 15% higher than the identical unit. So you know, for last minute bookings, we might go as low as 80 bucks a night. And this one only goes as low as 100, 110, you know, and has three, 400 night in the, in the summer. And so it's a little bit higher than its counterpart and it's booking the same. So, you know, it still does have some vacancies. It's not having the craziest demand. It's not first on Airbnb yet, but yeah, 15 extra percent considering the amount of fun we got to have setting it up. And I get to go stay there sometimes is definitely worth it. I know none of you guys can see Jasper right now, but after the 600 mile cycle, he's looking good. A little, little slimmer than last time I saw you, man. The last couple of times we talked since your trip, you've also just been lying down. I'm sure you're uh, probably pretty exhausted after all of it. For no one who can see, Jasper's in bed right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it took about four days or so before uh, the soreness in my legs was gone after, after yeah. the ride. But uh, I feel pretty good, man. Like what's really cool about this uh, bike ride is that I feel so fit right now. Like when I walk stairs or something, like when I go back to Barcelona, I had my bike. I took my bike on the plane from Nice to Barcelona. And when I got home, I had to walk five stairs because the elevator wasn't there, wasn't working. And so I didn't even think about it. I just walked up the stairs. And then when I was upstairs, my roommates were like, you walked all the way up the stairs with a bike on your shoulder and your suitcase. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. And they're like, and you're not out of breath. And I was <laughs> like, I guess I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what uh, cycling for 600 miles does, uh, does to your body. You get pretty fit. But yeah, I have, I have uh, lost some weight indeed. Everybody, yeah, you look great, everyone though. keeps commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> not saying you used to be fat, man. You just, yeah, your face, you look skinny, you look healthy, you look good. When you're doing something like that, when you're biking for a few days, are you able to be totally disconnected or just you know, with everything you have going on with kind of the retreat and your podcast. And I mean, you have so many different things going on. Do you still need to be connecting every night or can you just let go? Yeah, I've pretty much disconnected. I would check my email uh, real quickly at night to see if there's anything really urgent. But to be honest, like when you're cycling a hundred miles, yeah. you kind of need all your energy and focus on the cycling in the morning. It's getting breakfast, making sure you eat enough. Uh, in the evening as well, you get back to the hotel, you jump in the shower. Sometimes you got to wash the, the outfit that you're wearing, getting to the restaurant, meeting with all the other riders. It's quite intense. So you don't really have that much time to worry about anything else. But, you know, making it to the finish line alive without too many injuries, without falling, not getting lost. It's really intense, man, but it was, uh, it was amazing. I, I learned a lot and I saw so much of the country. I mean, one of the things I realized is you see so much of a country when you're cycling through it versus when you go with a car or a train. It's absolutely been an incredible experience, man. All right. Well, uh, we're getting to the end of the episode. So thank you so much, Sid, for coming on again. And for people who want to check out Sid's business website, it's hostoften.com. And uh, don't forget to, uh, to check out his collaboration page and his retro B&B page. It looks really cool. Any other ways that people can get in touch with you? 
Yeah, I mean, probably follow us on Instagram if you want to see a unique way of doing it. But uh, honestly, just email me. I'd love to chat and connect with your listeners. And if anyone has cool ideas of their own, I love hearing them. Yeah, just go to the website, reach out. Let's be friends. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Sid. And I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future when you come up with uh, yet another cool way to make most of your business or grow your business or whatever else you'll be doing in the future. And to the listeners, uh, thanks for listening, of course. And uh, next Wednesday, there'll be another episode. Until then. Great. Hey, do you have the outro playing out? Do you want, you want me to sing the jingle for you? Do you play out the outro? Yeah, I mean, the outro is going to be there, but, you know, feel free to sing. Might as well. Do, 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 do. Wait, no, wait, how does it go? I mean, you gotta, you gotta at least know how to sing it. That fear. <laughs> Get paid for your pad. 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 Is that not it? Is that good? That's that's pretty. That's pretty good, man. I'm very. Yeah, impressed. just overlay with the other one is gonna be amazing. I, I, I guess uh, I don't have to edit the uh, the outro in now. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Go Thanks ahead. for listening, everybody. Bye bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.